0: Hello and welcome. I'm Kat McGoran, podcast producer here at Arts House. Since you're here, it's likely that at some time in your life you have enjoyed going to see live music, be it a concert, a gig or something more low-key. Well, genre-bending performance, We Are Lightning, explores the role of live music and public spaces in society and why they are so important – I caught up with Joff, one of the co-creators, to get an insight into what he thinks we lose when public spaces are forced to close. Everywhere we went making this show, Sam and I would talk to local musicians. So we've been making this show in Melbourne, Bristol, uh, the Midlands uh, of England and London as well. And these were... It's just come out of all these conversations that this is a huge, you know, huge problem, specifically for small to medium scale kind of bands. So we've got the O2 Arenas and we've got the Rod Laver Arenas, and that's great. But there's no act- the places that exist for experimentation and for development are s- slowly starting to dissolve those opportunities. Um, we're pretty lucky here in Melbourne, and. Like, you know, lots of the listeners will remember the Slam Rally. But, you know, in Sydney it's, it's, it's a real fight and in um, Western Australia and Perth it's a real fight as well uh, because it's just getting harder and harder for landlords and publicans to make a profit out of these venues and that's totally understandable. But it's also um, all these places are having to, to fight to keep these venues open. So part of the idea behind making this show was what if we could make like a theater slash gag gig, a theater slash gig show, that could offer opportunities to emerging bands of all generations. You know, you can be an emerging musician and still be seventy um, to perform. And what if we could take that framework around the world, uh, and in our own special small way? offer an opportunity to perform in front of a live audience. Um, so for We Are Lightning, there'll be a band of 15-year-olds who will actually play their first ever gig on opening night as part of this show. And so f- just in that in itself, in terms of how I'm thinking about my art and and what I create and put out into the world, that's a r- just that alone is, is really important and a wonderful thing to, to just offer um, a group of 15-year-olds starting out. If those venues didn't exist, I think where... I'd like to think where it still exists are in the garages and bedrooms all around the world. For me, the bedroom musician is one of my favourite musicians because the, like, DIY and being resourceful is one of my favourite things in the world. So you are still a punk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, So for me, that's super... That's super exciting. And, again, maybe part of this show, we... Is bringing some of that practice and that some of that lifestyle onto the stage. So with the choir, I think that we're working with in this um, in this season, there are a collection of five choirs that operate over five neighbourhood houses across, like from Kensington up the road to um, uh, Brunswick. So in that way, it's it's kind of mind blowing for these uh, this thirty five piece, pretty much their senior like. Uh, or elders of the community. For them to perform is quite a big deal because it's something that they do in their own time and they find a great joy of it just in these small little neighborhood houses and now they get to sh- share that with an audience. So in, se- in that celebration, I think maybe that's a little nod to uh, the importance of music when it's taken out of the venue and what people's ability to create their own little um, sub- subcultures. In terms of music venues, a lot of things have happened over in the UK and maybe what we're, cause, because this is a collaboration with a UK artist, Sam Helmerack, we talk a lot about um, what's happening in the UK and that those closures of venues. Like particularly we were booked uh, early on to perform at the Arches, which is in Glasgow, uh, which was a vital um, kind of electronic music and live music uh, venue, and it got shut down by uh, the local council. Uh, so we kind of refer a lot to the procedures in which they closed down that music venue. So they started to uh, demonise them in the press for um, the substances found in the venue. So every hour, no, sorry, every two hours after um, after 10 p.m they demand the council demanded that they would turn on the house lights and have 1 minute of silence during during like a like a club night and also for them to uh, the venue to record every single uh, substance that was found in the venue and la- and the venue did that i uh, really diligently and handed it into the council and the council used that uh, that paperwork to close them down as part of their case it's to say that that's all the all these drugs on the premises and also the, the nature of the Arches was that it was linked to an arts venue that uses used club nights to subsidise its art programme. So in that whole kind of environment, you were, it was like a really great thing to research and to find out about in terms of how live music and the arts are all affected by, well, by gentrification and, and demonising subcultures in, in the press. My favourite punk song, Growing up, my first favourite punk song was called I Don't Want to Be a Xenophobic by this uh, band called Raycore, uh, that punk Melbourne band. And for me, growing up in the punk hardcore scene introduced me to politics and taking a stand for something. And my first band, Procedure 286, our first ever song was called uh, No Different. And it was about... uh, the racial issues that we saw in in the playground every day, like at, at lunch, like when we were smoking behind the shelter sheds. Uh, and we decided that uh, we were really interested and excited to write music about like social justice. And so, you know, and I was only f- 15 and 16 and learning all these new terms and words and finding my new favourite bands. Um, and so for me, like it was a really formative time being young going to all these shows because it was a really positive attitude to and it was quite violent as well in terms of like taking a stand so i I, I find as i get, as I get older now and and I've been very lucky to have maybe i think thirteen years of being a professional artist that now in this time I'm, I'm able to reflect on what was really important for me in my development and how can I build into my artwork some opportunities that give you know sm- small chances for you know uh, Younger people to get get on board and hang out and create something awesome. Thanks for listening to this Arts House podcast. For more information and to find out what's going on, visit www.artshouse.com.au.